HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese. We've been making cheese in Wisconsin since before we were even a state, which may be one reason why we win so many awards for it. It's what happens when a whole state dreams in cheese. Find your next favorite cheese at wisconsincheese.com. Hey there, and welcome to the Feed Feed podcast. I'm Alexa Santos. The Feed Feed is the world's largest crowdsourced food publication and social media community, serving as your daily source for what to cook, bake, eat, and drink. Here on the podcast, we are speaking with members of the hashtag Feed Feed community to hear their stories, learn about their culinary inspirations, and get some of their best cooking tips. Today, I am so excited to be joined by Chitra Ugarwal, who is a cook, cookbook author, cooking instructor, and the founder and CEO of Brooklyn Deli. Brooklyn Deli is a beloved Indian condiment and sauce brand providing pantry staples for the modern kitchen, and Chitra has been specializing in Indian cuisine for 15 years. I am so excited and already hungry just thinking about it um, and just excited to learn more about you. So thanks for being here, Chitra. Well, thanks for having me. Yay. So let's go back to the very beginning. Where were you born and where did you grow up? So I was born in Summit, New Jersey. All right. Naturally. <laughs> right. Of course. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I was born there and I actually grew up in, in Jersey, uh, born and bred. Like, um, And then I ended up going to school on the West Coast. So I stopped my New Jersey uh, journeys when I was like 18 or so. <laughs> so were, is you, are you Indian on both sides of your family or what is your family background? Yeah. So my parents are Indian immigrants. Um, my mother is from South India, uh, Bangalore specifically, and my father is from Delhi. Okay. And so yeah. were both of them involved with cooking growing up or who did you really kind of start to learn how to cook from? Yeah, definitely. I mean, so they, since they come from two different parts of India, they actually grew up um, eating very different foods. And um, uh, my father and my mother love to cook. And so our table, I feel like our dinner table um, was really interesting because it was this, um, 
you know, multicultural kind of like <laughs> table of, of food from both North and South India. Um, so I guess like if you were to think about a lot of the foods that you eat in Indian restaurants, um, a lot of them are North Indian. Um, you may have a lot of, you know, like sog paneer or chana masala, and then you'll have naan and different rotis. Mm-hmm. That's my dad's style of cooking. Okay. Um, and then my mom's style of cooking, if you've been to a South Indian restaurant, are like dosas, idlis, a lot of lentil-based dishes, and a lot of rices. Um, and so um, I was very fortunate. We were very fortunate to, to kind of be able to to experience um, both of these regional cuisines growing up. Yeah, kind of the best of both worlds, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I've learned a little bit, you know, I'm not obviously not an expert at all in Indian cuisine, but I have learned a little bit just by getting to know people and kind of being in the space for a while about how different and kind of rich those culinary elements are of these different regions of India. And I feel like not a lot of people know that. So do you kind of run into that a lot where you – people that you're, you know, around or that you're meeting don't really know that like, okay, hey, you know, South India is a very different cuisine. And is that kind of a lot of what you have to tell people? (laughs) Yeah, no, definitely. I feel like it's, you know, I feel like a lot of people kind of distill Indian food to like naan and chicken tikka masala, right? Mm-hmm. And and so when you kind of introduce people to um, something different, they're like, wow, I didn't even like know that, that this could be Indian food, you know? And um, my husband is actually from the Midwest and he's not Indian. And so um, he was blown away by a lot of the South Indian dishes that um, I would make him. And he was so taken by them. He now makes a lot of the these South Indian food. Um, he loves that that uh, he, he loves South Indian in food specifically. And so he actually makes a lot of South Indian food himself. All right. Has he learned how to make dosas? I feel like that's hard. <laughs> oh my God. So he is actually an expert dosa spreader. Like what? my parents are just like, <laughs> they came over last time and he was spreading dosa and they were just like floored. Like they were just, wow. he's an artist too. So I think he oh, like so he's really got, like, takes, yeah, he like really gets into it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I've never made them, but I've had them a few times and I, it's definitely an art form. It's, it's for, how would you explain a dosa to someone who doesn't know it? I would explain it as sort of like a crepe ish, but that's probably a very bad way of explaining it. So I'll let you take the reins on that. Right. I mean, I guess you can say kind of crepe, but then it's the shape is similar to crepe, right? But then the the texture is so different and and it's made from a fermented batter. So it kind of has like this, like really kind of like, it's a little bit sour, right? But then it's savory. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you fry it on a griddle and sometimes you fry it in ghee. So it's like kind of like that really like crunchy kind of um, texture on the outside, but then the inside can be a little bit soft. Um, And then you fill it a lot of times with like a potato curry or polya and then you have it with coconut chutney and it's just I mean it basically melts in your mouth (laughs) incredible now I don't know if there I'm in South Florida and I don't know if there's anywhere around here to get good dosas I mean it's not like New York where just you have that plethora of like good options around is there a spot in New York that you recommend to people for those by chance? Well, I feel like I like, um, I love the dosas at Saravana Bhavan. Um, and, uh, that's kind of like an old school 
like Indian restaurant, but I just feel like the doses there are great, but there's tons of new South Indian restaurants that, um, are, are popping up everywhere. So, um, I feel like, but that's the one that, you know, I, I ate it. But when I grew up in Jersey, there was a place called Dosa Express. It's like really <laughs> no frills space. Like people are actually like the people that work there are really mean actually, but like the dosas were so good. You just go there cause it's so good. Not for the ambiance at all. Yeah. I mean, that I feel like that's sort of a vibe that's giving me like it's a little reminiscent of like the Seinfeld like soup Nazi episode where it's like you basically get bullied, but you're like, it's fine because the food's so good. Like, forget it. Totally. Exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's hilarious. So when you were kind of learning or like you're in the beginning of your culinary evolution and, you know, both of your parents, you know, having these rich, you know, cultural influences in their food what were some of like the first things that you kind of started learning how to make when you were I guess I don't know how old you were when you started cooking but what was that kind of story like for you yeah so I feel like when even when I was at home really I we were me and my brother were always part of the cooking so I remember being very young and just rolling out chapati or um, like North Indian flatbread um, like rotis um, so like we started doing that type of stuff like really early on I'd say um, but then I think that I started really starting to to learn the recipes when I went away from home because I was missing them. Um, so I can remember some of the first recipes were um, my, one of my favorites is Rajma, which is a kidney bean curry um, from North India um, and also Chana Masala. And then mm. on my mom's side for South Indian, um, there's a rice called Chitranha, um, which is kind of like this festival rice that is made where you just, um, it's bright yellow because you it's uh, colored with turmeric turmeric and then uh, you fry spices and oil like um, black mustard seed and chili and curry leaves and then you put the rice in there um, and then you add coconut and fried peanuts and cilantro and lemon and that was one of the first um, South Indian um, dishes that I learned how to make and um, it's always it, like that was also my that one took my my husband loved that one that's the one that he loves making and he but he adds a lot of peanuts in it which my mom always complains about she's like he puts too many peanuts in it Katie. Um, <laughs> She's like, Mm-mm. does she tell him that? Or is that like secret to you? Uh, no, she's pretty outspoken, okay. but we all laugh because I'm like, he's like, I'm sorry, but I like peanuts. Yeah. <laughs> to each their own. Right. <laughs> right. That's so funny. I think that, I mean, I'm, again, I'm not an expert at all on Indian cuisine, but I've started to slowly kind of learn more about it and try different things. And you were talking about chana masala. And I think that's my favorite that I usually get from Indian restaurants. It's just always like, it always hits different. It's always so good. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of the stuff that you're describing sounds absolutely delicious. So when did you start kind of wanting to pursue that as a profession or like, what was kind of the story of whatever you were doing in your life to now where you are, you know, a business owner at Brooklyn Deli and having this be your life's work, essentially, what was that journey like? Right. I mean, like it really kind of started to unfold um, just uh, naturally in a sense. Um, I had started collecting all these recipes from my relatives and um, I was really close with a lot of my, like my grandmother and her sisters in India. And like when I would, I'd go, I just like, you know, note down recipes and things, but I was finding it really hard to kind of just like organize it all. So I started a blog 
like a lot of people in mm-hmm. 2009 um yes. i i started the time to be alive <laughs> totally and i just started to document um a lot of those recipes on that blog and i think you know over time i was really trying to just like learn um the techniques and these very staple recipes i had grown up with but over time the the recipes started to become a little bit more just you know, um, my own in a sense where I was using a lot of the produce I was getting in my farm share and just kind of like experimenting with different cuisines and mixing them up with Indian flavors. And, um, eventually I started teaching cooking classes and I was also collaborating with other kind of local chefs. Um, and I was doing pop-up dinners and, um, supper clubs and all these different things. And I was still working a full-time job too, Um, and it was just like this passion project that I was just kind of pursuing on the side. But I think over time it became more than that. And I was kind of realizing that it was something that I did want to do, um, as my life's work. And, um, eventually I, I got offered a cookbook deal to write about some of the recipes, um, that I was, um, I was developing and also some of the events that I was putting together and that book became Vibrant India. And it was all about recipes from my mom's side of the family. Um, so the South Indian recipes from Bangalore. And at the same time, I decided to also launch Brooklyn Deli with my husband, who is a food packaging designer. And Um, he, um, yeah, I would make him these kind of like very traditional, um, like Indian condiments called achar that I was making, um, from kind of like a lot of what we were getting in our farm show. So I would get rhubarb. I would make us like a rhubarb achar, um, a tomato one. I made string beans. I remember we just made all these different ones. And, and he was just like, you know what? Like, he's like, a lot of people are loving these because I would bring them to my cooking classes. And, um, he was just like, if you want to put these out, like I'll help you, you know, with the brand and design it. And that was in 2014. And, um, we've been doing the same thing since. So I still develop all the recipes and the line has kind of grown from just the achars, um, like condiments to, to more products. Um, and he still designs all the packaging for us. (laughs) Well, look at that. A true uh, dream team over there. (laughs) You guys are making it work. That's incredible. And so how has it been for you to be able to kind of bring your flavors and your, you know, cuisine basically into so many people's homes? I mean, it's been really just like heartening to kind of just see people embracing Um, especially this condiment that a lot of people, um, you know, don't know, which is like a very much a staple and beloved condiment um, for many South Asians. And um, to see a lot of people embracing um, that condiment and using it in so many different ways, I, I feel really happy about it, because it's like a flavor that I grew up with that I, I completely am in love with. And so how would you describe that condiment, that flavor to people who haven't tried it? Right. So a char means pickled or preserved. So it's kind of an intense flavor. It's, um, I'd say a lot of times very spicy, savory, um, sour, and sometimes even sweet. So it's kind of like just like intense flavors all at once. Um, And uh, the one thing that I did, though, is that 
um, when you find a traditional achar, maybe that's in the stores, um, those have like a ton, a ton of sodium in them. And some of them have preservatives. So the ones that we make are very much kind of like homemade tasting in that you don't really like have to worry about the sodium content. Like I made it so that it's like 75% less sodium than what you would get like in a traditional one on an Indian store sh shelf per se. So you can kind of use it in many different ways. And that's how I kind of introduced it to people. I would like put it into, you know, um, like a shakshuka recipe, or we would make a pasta and we would use it kind of as a flavoring or even in a bean recipe. So it was kind of like a way to kind of show people these flavors, but like also kind of show them that you can use them in all these different contexts and not just in an Indian context. Cause I feel like that's how I grew up eating too. Like my parents, when we would eat, say we ate like spaghetti, um, they would fry cumin seeds and green chilies and then they would put the sauce in and that's kind of just like how I grew up eating and I feel like there's something magical to it um, mm. and so I, I feel like I want more people to infuse kind of like different flavors into foods in an unexpected way. Oh, amazing and so is that kind of an important part I mean we've kind of alluded to it a little bit with just kind of like the education aspect of you know like how Indian people and people of that culture, you know, do eat and how they enjoy food and how there is such a difference in, you know, the different regions of India and how that pertains to food. Is that kind of like a lot of your mission as well as kind of informing more people who maybe didn't know as much about Indian cuisine to learn more about it or uh, what's what are kind of your goals there? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I feel like, um, you know, for, at Brooklyn Deli, we do a lot of education just around um, Indian cuisine in general, not just like how to use our products. Um, and I feel like that... Um, is is definitely important and also part of the work that I did for the cookbook uh, because I really delved deep into um, you know a very particular cuisine that um, not as many people know about and I think that that kind of angle has always been there for me especially when I was doing when I was writing my blog um, it was that I wanted to teach people something new um and or i wanted to show them something that they knew but maybe turn it a little bit on its head so and i had the most fun i'd say like at brooklyn deli like developing kind of like these these recipes that are a little bit off the wall like we have like a like a mac and cheese that we make with our butter masala and mm. it's like you know, one of the most popular recipes that we have on our blog, because I feel like it, it speaks to kind of like also what Brooklyn Deli is all about. It's just like the merging of these two cultures. Um, and um, yeah, but I really have fun, fun with it. That's great. And so what has kind of the response be been or the reception to, you know, your products and like, as you were rolling them out, um, I assume, love, <laughs> you know, but how has it how has it been? Yeah, I mean, it's been so in the beginning, it was it was pretty crazy because like, I was hand making the product, right. And then um, on the weekends, I would go sell it at markets. And, um, and, and like at the Brooklyn Flea and all these different markets around New York City. And um, what I loved about it was that like we were bringing something new um, to people. They'd never tried it before. So it was like, you know, people would be like, I've never heard of a char. Like, what is it? 
right? And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, it's an Indian condiment. Um, and then they would try it and they were like, wow, that does not like taste like any other Indian food. You know what I mean? Like they'd be right. like, cause I'm like, oh, because you probably don't know about it because, you know, a lot of times at, at Indian restaurants, you won't see, um, you know, it, it may be on the, on the menu, but a lot of times it's not highlighted, you know? Um, and so, like that was kind of like the beginning part. And it still is like the education around a char. It's like a lot of people still don't know what it is. Um, and, and so that part has been <laughs> definitely like a challenge in, in a sense, because um, we're a small company. So it's like, how do we reach more people and like kind of teach them about what this condiment is, is all about. Um, but it's been great because a lot of South Asians who grew up eating a char, are like, Oh my God, like you're selling a char. That's so exciting. Um, so it's been cool. Cause it's like, you know, a lot of people are discovering it for the first time. And then there's people that recognize it and are so happy to see uh, like a homemade version of it. Yeah. I mean, and I honestly didn't know about it until we started talking about it today. So (laughs) yeah, I mean, I think it's like, you know, that's a lot of what you must have to do day to day is kind of explain to people and, you know, get people more in the know about what it is that you do. So I, I, you're fighting the good fight. I respect that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We're going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese. There's a reason when you think of Wisconsin, you think cheese. Cheese is a huge part of Wisconsin's history and future. In Wisconsin, the state of cheese, the tradition of cheesemaking excellence began 180 years ago, before Wisconsin was recognized as a state. Immigrants traveled to settle in this lush green hills of Wisconsin, bringing their cheesemaking traditions with them. These storied skills combined with the freshest milk available created a cheesemaking culture that is uniquely Wisconsin. Wisconsin's 1,200 cheesemakers, many of whom are third and fourth generation, continue to pass on old world traditions while adopting modern innovations in cheesemaking craftsmanship. Find your next favorite cheese at wisconsincheese.com. Com. What are some of the, I guess, future, like immediate or long term goals that you have for, you know, the company and just as you keep growing? Well, I mean, I'm obsessed with just developing new flavors. Um, and so um, we're definitely just coming out with new, um, you know, new products. Like we actually um, just launched a new ghost pepper hot sauce that's on oh, hot ones. Yeah, yeah, it just debuted today. Um, And so, you know, that's what I it it also is infused with the flavor of an achar. So, you know, a lot of times I feel like the products that we put out, um, even if they are not a straight achar, a lot of them come back to to that flavor. Um, And so uh, so that has been exciting to kind of create like these new types of products as well. Wow. My dad would absolutely love that because he loves spicy food. Like he is the most like psycho spice lover I've ever known. (laughs) And he's also obsessed with Indian food. And so we all love it, but he definitely loves it the most. And he like has really tried to infiltrate those flavors, Indian flavors into his cooking as much as possible. So I need to tell him about that uh, ghost pepper uh, sauce of yours because he's going to be all over that. That is (laughs) – that's – 
I, I'm like, there's no holidays or birthdays coming up for him, but it'll just have to be like <laughs> a, a fun February treat. Who knows? Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. Well, congratulations on that. That's so exciting. Thank you. <laughs> and so being in New York, but also like, you know, you're, it's in the name Brooklyn Deli, uh, but you also kind of ship nationwide and, you know, have these availabilities across the country. But I guess how important is it for you to kind of have your roots be so acknowledged in your company, just, you know, Brooklyn and kind of repping for that? Is that was that kind of a big, important part of it, too? As soon as I saw the name, I was like, I bet she rides really hard for Brooklyn. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, it's like that's where every like the, the brand was born, you know, in Brooklyn. And um, it, it our roots are are there. Um, and it's like a perfect, yeah, like marriage between um, those roots and, and also just my, my cultural heritage. Um, and, and so it's very important. It's also where I met a lot of my other friends in food and, um, you know, we started a community, uh, where we, we really helped each other as we started these businesses together. Um, and, and so I have, yes, I have, (laughs) A very soft spot in my heart. Yes, me too. Me too. What's not to love? It's it's a great <laughs> place. It's absolutely delightful. And so how does your family feel about this being your life's work now, kind of inspired by by them? Well, I mean, that's the hard part. So it's just like, you know, when I, I'm coming from a South Asian background, right, where I had a job, I had benefits, and mm. then I kind of gave it all up and really started from scratch with this business. So I think in the beginning, they were very kind of like scared for me because, um, you know, it, it takes a while, especially with a business like this to, to be profitable. So in the beginning, I was kind of like working side jobs while I was getting the business off the ground, writing the cookbook. And, um, I'd say maybe after the first four years or so, that was when I finally, it was profitable and I could pay myself. And so, then that kind of eased their, you know, <laughs> eased their concerns about my well-being. Yeah, um, of course. But I feel like my dad is like, oh my god, he he's like ridiculously proud. Like he will like send our products to people for any and every gift that he has to give. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, no, it's definitely like, it's, it's definitely an exciting piece of conversation. I feel like when they have people over and they always bring our, my products out. Oh, that is so cute. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. That is incredible. And I love that. <laughs> and I bet they probably like take credit for it in a way like, oh, well, I taught her first taught her how to make this. <laughs> right. I'm like, yes, you did. <laughs> yeah. If they're anything like my parents, I could totally, um, I could totally see them doing that. <laughs> Just like being super, super proud, but then also like a tongue in cheek, like humble brag about it. <laughs> Right. So, (laughs) I mean, all respect to them if they're listening. Like, love that. That's perfect. (laughs) But it's a thing. It exists. A hundred (laughs) percent. You're like, we made you and you made this. So it's kind of like partly us doing it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So going back to like the whole culinary journey thing and how you were kind of self-taught in a way and then started like the whole blogging, I guess, how did you become – 
I don't know what the word is, but I guess professional enough to kind of create products. When did you kind of realize that like, hey, I like cooking and I'm kind of doing this on the internet, but like I should start selling this because I, th- I think personally that's, you know, I create recipes and content for the internet and that's probably my biggest gap is where I would see like, okay, yeah, this is good enough that I think a lot of strangers should try this. So <laughs> how did right. you develop like that level of confidence? Gosh, I mean, I it's I hard. Like- I know. I, and I have to be honest, like I, I started selling food at markets. Right. And, um, that was kind of my first taste of actually like putting out my food and, um, and having other people eat it. And I really didn't ever think that I would have a packaged food business if it weren't for my husband, um, who was my boyfriend at the time. I, I seriously, I feel like what was so, um, when I think back about just like, how Brooklyn Deli came to be. Um, It was kind of this like meandering road of just trying different things and seeing where it took me. It was like a friend asked if I wanted to teach a cooking class for her husband's birthday. And I was like, hmm, I've never taught a cooking class, but let me try it. And I was like, oh, I actually like it. Um, So it was kind of like the same thing with putting putting these products out where I felt like um, it was, it was a great, it was like such a fun project. Like with, we were just working on what the brand was going to be like what it's going to look like and just like having something in my hand that like we created together I just like I I love that concept and um and I think that I've always had this um kind of passion for creating something I could, I could hold. Like I used to edit um, like a literary arts magazine when I was in college and um, I have written, I've done, I've worked on zines before and it's just like, I, I just love the tactile part of it, I think. And so I think my interest in food and that kind of came together in a way um, with Brooklyn Deli. Interesting. Well, um, tons of respect to you because I know it. you didn't go to culinary school, right? Unless I totally blacked that out. <laughs> Wait, no, no. Okay. It's like everything has been really taught by like a lot of my, just my family, my family's right. recipes. That's what I thought. I was like, unless I completely miss her saying that. But yeah, I mean, same. I did not go to culinary school. And I think that's a big it's a big kind of leap of faith to say like, Hey, I like cooking. I've learned from my family. You know, I do it at home. I do it on the internet, but yeah, I think that random people will like it who don't know me. I think that's like a huge respectable leap of faith that you took and like super impressive to kind of have that confidence in your cooking. And obviously it, it worked out for you. So I hope that's, you know, it's definitely inspiring to me. And I hope that that's inspiring to other people as well, that like, sometimes that is what it takes is kind of putting yourself out there and letting strangers taste your food. And that's kind of how I describe to people who don't know what I do for a living. They're like, Oh, my God, you must be like this amazing cook. And I'm like, you know, I really don't know, because I cook for myself, I cook recipes that people on the internet make and like, yeah, my family tastes them, but I've never served strangers. I've never worked in a restaurant. I've never (laughs) had like a culinary school instructor critique my work. So I know how kind of scary that must have been. So congratulations and like nice job on you. That's that's not an easy thing to do. Thanks. I mean, yeah, it was also a lot of naivete. You know what I mean? That (laughs) yeah, maybe for ignorance is bliss. You're like, they'll love it. (laughs) 
<laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, maybe that's the way. Maybe you just don't think about it. You just do it. You're like, oh, I think this is pretty good. Let's sell it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's hilarious. Well, it worked out, right? Yeah, I mean, so far it it it's going, you know, um, and it's growing, and so um, yeah. But it is a it is a scary business. Um, consumer packaged goods are yeah. like it's not for the faint of heart. Um, selling to supermarkets and um, it, there's a lot of there's there's a huge learning curve, um, and it has definitely been you know we've had some really rough times, um, mm-hmm. especially you know with the pandemic and just kind of like even now I mean in the aftermath of it with just like the increase in costs and and just like you know lack of labor um, so right. there, there's been a lot of uh, a lot of hurdles that uh, you know we're still facing sure and I, I guess those things I mean for those of us who are not in like the packaging or you know sales industries like probably think like hey yeah I mean we talked about that a lot six months ago it might be better now I assume it's not fully better at all nope it is not <laughs> I mean, I, one day maybe <laughs> right right I'm hoping I'm like uh, let's just see it through this year oh yeah. Uh, yeah yeah well one step at a time and you know I think it's what you're doing is great. And for those who don't know or haven't heard of Brooklyn Deli, where are you able to uh, get the product? So you can buy them at all the Whole Foods um, across the country. You can also find us on brooklyndeli.com. Um, and we're also on Amazon and cool. also other retailers. So I think we have a store. We have a store locator. So you can find us closest to you there, too. Cool. Yeah. And I know since we're talking audibly, the people may not know, but it's Brooklyn Deli, D-E-L-H-I, which I feel like I probably should have clarified earlier on. But context clues, right? We definitely get calls of people thinking that we're a deli. <laughs> I could see that happening, especially with a name like Brooklyn in, in the beginning. Right, right. It's really funny. And then there's Delhi, New York. And so people are like, oh, is it Brooklyn Delhi? <laughs> no. Oh, boy. Yeah, people call you asking for like a bacon, egg, and cheese, and you're like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, but I'm like, put a char on it. <laughs> like, yeah, whatever you get, just get it. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Well, was there anything else important to add about your mission or your culinary journey or your outlook on food that I didn't ask you yet? Um, not that I can think of. I feel like this was pretty thorough. <laughs> yeah, nice. I'm glad. Yeah, and it definitely has me in the mood for Indian food. I... Well, I, I usually order an Indian like at least once a week. I can't remember how many days ago I did get some, but I feel like I'm due for it now that we've been talking about it so much. I'll have to send you some achar. So you can oh my put gosh, that on yes. Your, yes, on your takeout. <laughs> I'm like totally craving it now that you've like talked about. And I, I know you explained it, but it, I feel like it's a little hard to understand what it tastes like without tasting it. So. Right. I am very excited to see what it's all about. And my dad is going to absolutely lose his mind because he is the (laughs) Indian food stan in the household. That is for sure. Love it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for telling me all about your story and your family and your journey and your food. It has been an absolute pleasure, Chitra. And yeah, I am all all aboard the Achar train right now. You've got me. You you caught another one. (laughs) Awesome. Thanks for having me, Alexa. Of course. 
Thank you so much for listening. To learn more about the food and drink discovery platform that is the Feed Feed, head to thefeedfeed.com. If you have a food story to tell or want us to interview a blogger, cookbook author, chef, or restaurateur, we would love your suggestions. Just send us a DM on Instagram. See you next time. The Feed Feed podcast is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.